Cause we got the alternative energy right. free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show This week you're with Emma Crunch And I'm bringing you part two of a special series Focusing on the United States Australian Defence Facility Known as Pine Gap located around 20 kilometres from Alice Springs on the land of the Aranda people. Pine Gap is turning 50 this year, and to mark the occasion, I've been speaking to a number of people who have examined Pine Gap over the years, whether as researchers, protesters, members of parliament, or in the case of some, all three. Part one featured an interview with Pine Gap and defence policy academic and activist Richard Tanter. He outlined how Pine Gap began as largely a missile defence facility for the US, but over the years it has become much more offensive in character, becoming involved in actual military operations, contributing key information to drone targeting, and, as Edward Snowden revealed, it now listens to communication satellites, meaning it surveils cell phones, the internet and other communications data. To listen to Part 1, find it online at or the w's.3cr.org.au under Radioactive Show. In today's show, I speak to three women who have been involved in investigating and protesting Pine Gap's operations, as well as Australia's unquestioning military alliance with the US, since the 70s and 80s. Featured are Senator Lee Rhiannon, a current federal Green Senator for New South Wales, Joe Valentine, a former senator for Western Australia who served as an independent, a member of the Nuclear Disarmament Party and the Greens, and Sue Wareham, a physician who is the vice president of the Medical Association for the Prevention of War. Let's begin by hearing from Lee Rhiannon reflecting on the women's camp protests in the early 1980s. Uh, in the 1980s, there was a real threat of nuclear war. There was a very strong international peace movement and um, it was 1983, and there was some incredible actions um, overseas, women's only actions. There was a U.S. base in, in England, and it was in December of 1982. Thousands of women literally surrounded the base, mm. and there was a group of women that I was a part of in Australia. We were very inspired by that, and the quick version of the story is is that from that inspiration came an amazing action in Australia when there was women's only action at Pine Gap. About 700 women went there in November 1983. We took all that time through 1983 to organise. And why we picked Pine Gap is because, again, the threat of nuclear war, and we identified that Pine Gap was a um, target, not just a target in Australia, but also effectively contributing to the war efforts of the United States. Mm. So... It was a very inspiring action and I think a very important one in highlighting how bad the policies of successive Liberal, National and then also Labor governments have been in just allowing this base to function. Mm. So so that inspiration protest, that was um, the Greenham Commons, was it? Did you say so? Yes, Greenham Commons. There was perisher missiles there, nuclear Mm. weapons that could travel across Europe with the press of a button would travel across Europe and could bomb the um, what was then called the Soviet Union. Um, now, the um, Soviet Union also had missiles as well, but there was US bases across much of Europe, and there was protests, many of them women-only protests, mm. against those US bases and against a whole nuclear arms race between what was then called the, the superpowers. Mm-hmm. 
highlights. Yeah. One was one of the first actions taken was when it was on a Sunday. I can remember it very well. And I wasn't actually there. I arrived a bit later because I was doing some organising in Sydney. It's probably mm-hmm. it's worth mentioning that as well as having these, as well as organising 700 women to go to camp and protest at Pine Gap, there were support actions for the many women and also men who were supporting the action around the country. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't in. I wasn't at Pine Gap on this day, and I remember knowing that it was happening and then mm-hmm. hearing the news, and it was very exciting. Mm-hmm. It was the first um, time that women, and I think for the first time anyone, had illegally entered uh, the Pine Gap base, which was actually a very courageous thing to do. We had done all the legal preparation, and because it's a Commonwealth, comes under sort of a, effectively on Commonwealth land, um, it's like if you imagine getting arrested under the worst of the um, terrorist acts of these days, that mm. um, they were really heavy, um, it was a very heavy penalty with time in jail. Mm. But there were um, over 100 women, nearly 100, I think their final number was 111 women, went onto the base um, in protest, calling for it to be closed down, mm. were arrested. When they were taken into Alice Springs, which was about 20 kilometres from the Pine Gap base, they all gave the name of Karen Silkwood. <laughs> That's which, right, I've heard about this. Which was a very, very powerful action for mm. everyone to agree to give um, her name. The significance of that is that Karen Silkwood had, it's widely regarded, regarded that she was murdered mm. in the United States, States, possibly by security forces, because she had been working in a nuclear plant and was about to provide information to a journalist about problems with how that nuclear industry was being um, conducted. Mm. So it was a very moving occasion, and I thought it was very powerful. Um, and then, anyway, but there was many other um, uh, many other occasions as mm. well, incredible actions. Just to mention one other, we would do um, role plays, as mm-hmm. in how you would um, organise events, and one of them was people would. Um, squat down and then like build pyramids as people do, um, standing on each other's shoulders mm-hmm. and then then and it was the um, security forces that got used to the women doing this and then one time it was done close to the fence and they went up on each other's shoulders and this was another way to get into the fence. So yeah. what was started as role play and had been quite creative as role play but then became a real life action. You're tuned to The Radioactive Show and have been hearing Green Senator Lee Rhiannon recall the women's camp protests at Pine Gap Military Facility. And now we'll tune to former Senator and long-term peace activist Jo Valentine sharing her stories from the protests in the later 80s. Then in 1987, it was a much bigger week-long uh, event where we had a, rented some space in the town and a, a motel for those people who wanted sort of cheap but off-the-ground accommodation. So there was everything. And we had a lot of workshops then talking about the whole of the nuclear industry before we set out for Pine Gap itself. Mm. Then we were in affinity groups and we planned actions um, to go out to the base. And that was one time when I got arrested uh, crawling under a fence. And I happened to be a senator at the time, so that was all pretty dramatic. And what party were you with at the Uh, time? um, 1987, I was an independent, Mm -hmm. independent senator for nuclear disarmament. Mm. 
And of course, we knew then exactly what we know now, only it's got much worse technologically, that the United States uses Pine Gap for all its nefarious war-making activities. And we didn't want Australia involved in that. So we were trying to draw attention to it because so many people don't really know about Pine Gap. It's tucked away out there outside Alice Springs, but I just see it as being in the centre of our living heart. You know, mm. that desert is beautiful. The ranges around it are absolutely extraordinary. And uh, yet it's sort of, to most people's uh, thinking, well, they don't think about it because they don't really know much about it. And, of course, that's exactly what the government wants and what the United States government wants. I remember applying for um, a permit to go in there as a Member of Parliament mm. and Kim Beasley, being the Minister for Defence at the time, said, no way. I said, well, why not? Surely Members of Parliament have got, uh, should have the right to go in and look at anything on Australian soil. Surely there shouldn't be any part of Australia that is actually off-limits to elected representatives. And he said, well you would have to sign the Official Secrets Act before you went in there. And he said, you know, he was playing God for me a little bit, but he said, I know that would be uh, impossible for you. You wouldn't be able to do it, so I'm not going to let you go in there. How's that? Pine Gap I never got to go into legally, so I thought, well, I'll go in another way then. So I went under the fence and got arrested. And the following year, I spent some time in Alice Springs Jail for that because I refused bail and so on. I mean, I refused to pay a fine and so on. Right. Did many Were there many other refusers? Um, well, there were some other refusers, yes. Quite mm. a lot of people got arrested and uh, some people pay the fine. And, you know, I respect whatever people have got to do mm. about that, depending on their own personal circumstances. Uh, but some people did go to jail and I think some went in straight away. But I couldn't because Parliament was sitting or something like that. And so I you know, chose a date that would suit me and mm. they let me do that. And they also let me speak for myself in court, which was pretty amazing because, uh, you know, courtrooms are pretty intimidating, really. Yeah. But I did have legal advice, but I find that Often, you know, with greatest respect to lawyers, often they don't quite understand non-violent civil disobedience. They don't quite get that you actually want to do this. And for me, the end result of civil disobedience is doing time in jail because, mm. you know, that's taking away my liberty, but I've chosen for that to happen to make a point as strongly as I possibly can, mm. take it to the nth degree. So I did get to uh, spend time in Alice Springs Jail, and that's another whole story, really. But uh, it was interesting, let's say. Very sobering and, and very interesting. And subsequently, I spent another week in jail in uh, Western Australia here, having got arrested at Jabaluka years later. But civil disobedience is, is a very powerful tool, and it's underutilised, unfortunately, because it does take a bit of courage and some preparation. You know, we need to be as prepared to do our work in that way as the military is prepared to go and do its worst. We want to do our best by being well prepared and really disciplined and well supported. This is part two of a radioactive series looking at Pine Gap a US-Australia defence facility, 20 kilometres out of Alice Springs. We're hearing from Joe Valentine, a long-time peace activist and former senator, 
Let's get back to Joe discussing why protests dropped off in the 90s, but why now it is more important than ever. And I'm wondering about that in between time because it's quite a long stretch between mm. 87 and 2002. Mm. And was that it, partly the change in the Cold War dynamics? And what was there you still? Know, I think it was because in 1989, the very significant uh, collapse of the Berlin Wall occurred. And quite honestly, people thought the Cold War is over. So people really thought that we weren't in as much risk from nuclear weapons and nuclear war as we had been before. Mm. Now, I think that was a bit mistaken. And very sadly, we're seeing it all creep up again now. You know, people are talking about the new Cold War and the relationship between Russia as it is now and the United States is particularly uh, poor, deteriorating between Russia and everybody else, actually. Mm. So, uh, and the nuclear weapons are still there. There are less of them. There were 60,000 nuclear weapons uh, around at that stage, and now it's more like 16,000. So it has been reduced dramatically. But, I mean, one nuclear weapon can do an extraordinary amount of devastating work. Mm. The other thing that happened between 87 and 2002 is that the environment movement picked up steam. It suddenly occurred to people, well, it wasn't sudden, actually, because a lot of people have been working on it very hard for a long time, but it appeared sudden uh, on the political scene that the environment was attracting a lot more attention. And I can understand why a lot of activists moved to more winnable uh, contests Mm. than the nuclear contest, because I think uh, even though it wouldn't have been conscious on many people's parts, they kind of moved a little bit sideways from the nuclear issue, thinking that the situation had de-escalated, which it had to some degree, that's true. But, you know, you'd like to get a few wins when you're an activist, and there was more possibility to get a win here and there. Still big struggles. I'm not minimising the efforts that have been involved in the environment movement, and we're far from satisfied with the status quo there. But I think that was what happened. The environment Mm. movement picked up, And even though this is part of the environment movement, it was a a part that uh, got neglected, really. It was um, marginalised to some degree. I Mm. would say not intentionally, but that's just how it's unfolded. So by 2002, we really needed to get out there and say, hey, this thing is still here. It's still as bad as ever. And, of course, as Richard Tanter would have told your listeners, it's just getting worse and worse because the technology enmeshes us further and further as it is more sophisticated. This is the Radioactive Show and you're with Crunch and that was Joe Valentine reflecting on the ebbs and flows of the peace movement over the years. And we'll now hear from Dr Sue Wareham from the Medical Association and Prevention of War. She shares her thoughts on the Australia-US alliance and the lack of accountability to the Australian people. Pine Gap is Um, certainly a significant part of the picture of the military relationship between Australia and the United States. But the relationship goes much further than Pine Gap and the other facilities on Australian Australian soil. Australia is becoming much more strongly integrated with the US and I think most Australians would would know that when the US goes to war there's there's a fair chance that Australia is going to follow our ally into war regardless of whether it's in our own best interests or anybody else's interests for that matter. Mm. So there's a very troubling 
lack of independent thought on the part of Australian governments as to what war should we be supporting, should we be taking different approaches other than military approaches to conflict in various places, particularly the Middle East. Mm. And all these things need much, much more public discussion. For example, in, in Australia now, Parliament does not even discuss if and when we go to war. That's a decision that's made by the Prime Minister alone, possibly as a Cabinet decision. Uh, so that's just one example of the fact that Australia generally needs far greater discussion of issues of, of going to war and we need far greater discussion of the relationship between Australia and the US. Uh, for example, whether we want to have Marines in Darwin permanently, that's mm. a, a recent change from several years ago, 2011. All these things really haven't reached the public radar. Do you think the climate has changed since the so-called war on terror era uh, in terms of accountability and public transparency in regards to Australia's military activities and alliance with the US? Yes, definitely. Since the attacks on the US, September 11, 2001, and then the, the so-called war on terror, which eventuated well, almost almost immediately. Yes, there's been a, been a big, big change in basically in what governments have got away with and anything that's put under the cloak of um, whether it's called national security um, that that's the term that that's used most often and that's a term that's a, a code for well this this can't can't be discussed uh, and there are some big issues in there there are there are privacy issues there are issues related to you know who can be regarded as a, a terrorist suspect and um, and as I mentioned, issues in relation to our military relationship with the United States. And it's very hard to question that now. It always has been difficult, um, but it's increasingly difficult um, because anything that's put under the title of defence or security um, basically is, seems almost a, a blank cheque for the government to do mm. whatever they like without public consultation followed by Senator Lee Rhiannon's views on the alliance and in particular the chinks in its armour. I can imagine what, I can understand why people would see that it appears to be worse than ever when you consider how the current Liberal National Party operates previous Labor governments, like a very unquestioning of the US and the most shocking aspect is that we actually have US Marines, US military people stationed here at a base in Darwin. Mm. I make it unbelievable. Very, very, very serious. So it, it certainly is entrenched, but there is also chinks in the armour. Let's remember former Prime Minister Malcolm Fraser in the latter years of his life was very critical with excellent analysis of how damaging the current way um, Australian governments are interpreting the the ANSYS alliance with the US. So um, that's something that always mm. has given me hope. The other thing is, too, just bringing, looking at US politics today, like whoever would have thought that Bernie Sanders, an avowed socialist, would be on the cusp of, and he's already out there running for president mm. of the United States um, if he gets Democrat um, selection, but that somebody calling themselves in the socialist would be in such a leading position. What I love about politics, what I love about life, is you never know when there'll be a breakthrough <laughs> and the whole dynamic can change mm. enormously. And that's what I think of in terms of social change generally, and it certainly applies. Right now, there are war bases around the world, and sadly in Australia, 
but you do your bit, you, you struggle, you're involved in your activism and things will change. Mm, good point. You're listening to part two of a radioactive show series honing in on Pine Gap Military Facility on Aranda Country, just outside Alice Springs. I'm speaking with Green Senator Lee Rhiannon, and we next talk about how social change can come about, whether it's through protest on the ground or parliamentary processes or a combination. Look, in so many areas, in so many areas, not just with regard to addressing US bases, what you see when you sit in Parliament is that it's a strength of public opinion that, that drives progressive change. Why, why um, I sit in Parliament as a female MP um, and I can vote like other women is because our forebears literally rattled the chains. They mm. really took on a big struggle. Why do we have lunch breaks, holidays? Because people came together, collectively organised, unions were formed and they campaigned and then the law, law was changed. When we saved the Franklin River, a huge environmental campaign in the early 80s, there wasn't one Greens MP in Parliament at that time, but it was people's voice again getting arrested, more than 1,000 people arrested in that campaign. Mm. Uh, so the issue about these bases, periodically there has been inquiries, etc., but this base is highly secretive and the pub- public voice has always been critical. It's one, probably one of the hardest campaigns there is to deal with this. Mm. And it's worth remembering, um, I think with a real reminder, how serious it is having this base located in Australia. When Edward Snowden revealed that Pine Gap is one of the key facilities used in US surveillance. Mm. Now, we've had that, we've, we've always believed that for a long time, but I think that um, is the latest um, information to remind us, you know, this is really a problem. They say, U.S. drone strikes over Pakistan, killing civilians, mm. they say, the U.S. might say by mistake, um, much of it's driven out of Pine Gap. Mm. Now, that's disgraceful that's happening in Australia. So the protests are incredibly important. This year there will be a big conference in Alice Springs mm. about this issue. So the protests keep rolling on in different ways. Another thing is there's so many competing issues in a way with environmental issues and climate change being a huge um, mobiliser as well or, you know, has taken much energy from activists and social movement campaigners. And But I think it's important that we highlight the environmental aspects of the military as well. Um, and I was wondering if you've done any work or... Um, if that's an angle that that you've taken as a green senator look i haven't i haven't taken it up strongly i acknowledge but there's been some fantastic work in this area and if any of your listeners wanted to follow through on it i certainly can put them in touch with people who have identified that the biggest threat to the world's environment is the um, nuclear and the war industry mm. and it's um, from every aspect from the weapons themselves to how the, these bases around the world operate. Um, many in, around the Philippines, you hear shocking stories about the marine pollution. 
um, across to waging war itself and the destruction of the environment. So it's certainly another angle in terms of taking on the military-industrial complex that we need to amplify our voice around. Mm. Because like in any campaign, one needs a diversity of tactics, and that's a very important one. That was Lee Rhiannon. And we'll end on a call-out from Joe Valentine, who's a member of IPAM, the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network. And the call-out is to come to their conference in early October in Alice Springs and also the closed Pine Gap protest camp the week before. So, it's a, you know, we're up against an enormous amount. But I do see the changes happening and a paradigm shift, I believe, is occurring in the fields of energy. We can see it happening before our eyes. Will it be too late? Well, maybe. But meantime, we've got to get out there into the centre of our beautiful country and say, Pine Gap, we've got to shut it down. We've got to call for that, even if it seems like a distant dream. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is, there's, as well as the IPAN conference, there's going to be a direct action camp in the lead up. And I think it's calling to close Pine Gap. Mm. Uh, There was some debate about, you know, the messaging around that and if it sounded too far-fetched but I think you know put the call out there and um, yeah Yeah. it's an eventual goal I guess. (laughs) Absolutely and I don't think we want to water it down at all I think we've got to say close Pine Gap and it's really good that we're going to have a conference and direct action side by side meshing nicely together that will be it'll be a fantastic week Mm. you know for people to participate in both so it'll be a little bit like it was in 1987 with a lot of you know good information good learning and solid um, uh, uh, statements for the media to grab onto if they're interested. But, you know, the, one of the ways to get the media interested, of course, is to have that direct action alongside mm. the uh, serious conference. So we're doing both together. And I think that will be fantastic. I really look forward to getting out there yet again and saying, <laughs> close this bloody thing down. Yeah, absolutely. This has been the Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne on Wurundjeri land and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I am Emma Crunch. On today's show, part two of a 50 years Pine Gap anniversary special, we've heard from Senator Lee Rhiannon, Sue Wareham of Medical Association for Prevention of War and Joe Valentine from IPAN. Part one and two are available at www.3cr.org.au under Radioactive Show. There is so much material that there will be a part three later in March. If you'd like to get in touch about the series, email us at radioactiveshow.3thenumbercr at gmail.com. For more information about Medical Association and Prevention of War, you can find them at mapw.org.au and for the Independent and Peaceful Australian Network and Conference, they are at ipan.org.au For news on the Close Pine Gap camp, keep an eye on www.closepinegap.org Music in the show has been the song Rap Scallions by Sydney band Black Rat Trio. That's all for now. Enjoy your week. Have you heard about 3CR's national programs? 
Kamanacha on community radio stations around Australia, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne. Services will be cut, jobs may well be lost and workers' entitlements will be undermined. Their basic human rights are as important as everyone else. Over 200 million years, individual species have evolved. I mean, birds were once dinosaurs. Anything nasty online seems to be targeted against women. Muckety is a bad deal, but muckety is absolutely not a done deal. You're listening to Women on the Line. Welcome again to Lost in Science. And welcome to another edition of the Radioactive Show. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Accent of Women. Anarchist Wall this week. Listen to Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. You are listening to Let the Bands Play. Tune in to Stick Together, Worker Stories and Union News. Grassroots Voices broadcast weekly on the Community Radio Network. Genocide here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the world. It's one thing white fellas learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide. You look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune in to Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe.